Well, wherever you are, uh, whatever time of day it is, uh, let me uh, welcome you to uh, this episode of the Generation Podcast. Thank you for choosing to listen to the Generation Podcast. Uh, On this podcast, we like to take some time to think about God's uh, mission across Scotland and throughout the world. Uh, And now, for those of you who are the discerning listeners, you will have worked out that I am not David Meredith. Uh, Those of you who have listened many times before, um, I am not David. Uh, My name is Martin Patterson, and I am based at Cumbernauld Free Church in Scotland. And I serve uh, with a mission organisation called OMF uh, as the area representative uh, in Scotland. And today I'll be hosting uh, the podcast. It's my privilege to be able to do that. Uh, joining me today is Andrew Goodman, and I'm delighted to introduce him to you. Andrew has been involved in cross-cultural ministry um, for many years in uh, Southeast Asia and has a passion to see people come to know and love the Lord Jesus. He's uh, led one of the largest teams in his uh, organisation and has recently moved on from this role to oversee a, a new team and a developing ministry uh, in Southeast Asia. Currently, he and his family are in the UK learning language um, for this new area of service. And Andrew, I just want to welcome you uh, to the podcast. It's great to have you with us. Thank you you very much for asking me, Martin. No problem. Um, Many people who are listening to the podcast, Andrew, uh, probably won't know who you are. Uh, So can I just ask you to tell us a little bit about your background, briefly how you came to know Christ and, and what life's like for you guys just now? Yeah, well, feel free to continue asking questions. But I was born in Forest, uh, in Mauritius, near Elgin. Uh, and uh, I grew up there. Um, my father was in the Air Force, and so we travelled a bit. So we were in Northern Ireland and Malta. But most of my uh, childhood and teenage years were in Scotland. And I went to university in Aberdeen. Uh, and there I met uh, Shona, uh, who's now my wife. Uh, Shona comes from the Orkney Islands. Uh, and so... Uh, while we were at university, Shona came back to the Lord and I came to Christ. Uh, and so we were connected with uh, Gilcomston uh, South or Gilcomston Church in, in Aberdeen throughout that time. Uh, so, so, yeah, that's how we came to Christ. I mean, I was very, I guess everyone's very lost before coming to Christ, but I was very lost uh, as a teenager and as a, a student and uh, did really badly at university to initially. And then I, I called out to the Lord and met him and, uh, uh, yeah, it's just been amazing to 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 get to know the Lord and to to give our lives to follow Him, and uh, it's been wonderful. So we're still connected with churches in Aberdeen in Orkney, but also in England. Excellent. Um, and in terms of family, um, you guys have children, and uh, can you tell us just a little bit about who they are? Yeah, sure. We've got four children: uh, two girls, two boys. Uh, girl, boy, girl, boy. Um, our eldest is 28, our youngest is 18. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're actually all together at the moment uh, because we're in lockdown in England. Uh, so yeah, that's us. Mm-hmm. Nice. And what, what's that been like for you? Because um, I know that you've come back to the UK for this this year. Uh, come back to well, the I UK. Think, um, I'm an extrovert. My wife's an introvert. I think Shona feels that uh, lockdown is... Uh, or God's judgment on extroverts in the world. And I have found it quite difficult. Um, but my wife quite likes being at home. And so, uh, but she doesn't like me being at home that much, <laughs> the amount that we have been. There have been challenges uh, in, 
in this. I've actually been quarantined twice in the last year and uh, uh, and in the you know, national lockdown with everybody else now. Uh, it's got frustrations. There are blessings in it, but uh, it's good to be, you know, spend time being a, a dad uh, with my kids, even though they're kind of grown up now. Uh, it's good to have some time. Uh, when they were younger, I, I did travel a lot. And so, uh, yeah. Excellent. The uh, One of the things it'd be interesting, I'm sure people would like to hear a little bit about this, is uh, so you and uh, Shona um, came to know Christ um, mm. during your time at uni in Aberdeen. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You're involved in cross-cultural ministry now. Um, how did mm. how did that happen? Um, how did you end up taking that path? How did the Lord lead you to that? Yeah, so um, Willie Still was the... Uh, the minister in uh, Gilcomston Church when I was going when I was there and uh, as we were heading on from university he said you know make sure you plug into local church that speaks God's word and is faithful to the gospel uh, and that's been you know something we sought to to follow but uh, as it came to I did a geology degree at university and uh, Shona did chemistry and uh, I had thought of working overseas um, but I wasn't really got close to the Lord and I wasn't he wasn't really uppermost in my priorities uh, at that time. But we were thinking about perhaps working in Africa in third world aid at some point. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't uppermost. And I, I got a job with a, a quarrying company. Uh, I did geology. Did I did I worked for BP in Aberdeen for uh, a while and decided I didn't want to go into the oil industry. I preferred to go into the extractive industry. And so I worked for a, a quarrying company. Uh, and my wife Shona she went and did a, a PhD in chemistry in Leeds University. And so throughout that time, we were we were growing uh, in you know, seeking the Lord and uh, wanting to be a witness locally wherever we were. Uh, but as we started to ask God, what you know should we be doing with our lives? I think verses like you know, do not work for uh, food that perishes, but work for food that endures to eternal life. Those sorts of verses, and and also quite specifically from passages of Scripture, we could see uh, God basically calling us into uh cross-cultural mission and and initially uh yeah africa i think we thought of i had friends from ethiopia eritrea and uh, tigray province um but as we really prayed about it um i'd say that god started to draw our hearts to east asia where huge uh numbers of people live and huge number of people live in darkness uh and just that sense of uh Yes, God is concerned about poor poverty and uh, uh, people who are suffering, starving. God is concerned, uh, but eternal poverty, eternal starvation uh, has got a, a just is so serious. And uh, so we, our emphasis in our thinking was more drawn towards Asia. I had a crisis in my my heart at that time because of my mother comes from Burma or Myanmar, and I I had this sort of like idea would. I didn't want to follow some sort of carnal direction going back to my roots, uh, but I wanted to be led by, or I wanted my family to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so we spent some time seeking the Lord, but really through that, God clarified a call to East Asia and actually to a, a particular group of people. Uh, we can speak about it in a few minutes, but uh, uh, a particular unreached people group. And uh, we, we've been following that call ever since, 25 years plus now. Uh, but the Lord's led us into lots of other things as well in, in following that call. 
I tell you what, Andrew, um, do, do you want to just expand on on that? So this particular um, group of people who have been on your, your heart um, since that point, do you want to just tell us a little bit um, about uh, that people, um, roughly where, where they are, um, and, and just various ways that maybe you've been involved in, in ministry there? Yeah. Yeah, so um, the Shan people are a little bit like the Kurds, uh, the Kurds in Iraq and uh, Turkey, uh, they're kind of like a stateless people, a people group, a population about the same as Scotland. So five or six million people. So not an ex- insignificant group of people, uh, but they're stateless. They don't have their own country that they can call their own, uh, that they have self-determination over. Uh, but they're a, a bit of Thailand, a little bit of uh, Myanmar or Burma, and then Southwest China as well. And uh, you might have heard of the Golden Triangle, which is an area of the world where there's a huge amount of opium uh, produced. In fact, next to Afghanistan, the Shan state of Myanmar or Burma produces uh, the most um, opium in the world. It also produces the the most uh, uh, amphetamines in the world. And Thailand is the biggest customer. And so that area kind of came into focus uh, when I was praying. I went to a conference um, in England about 1992 and uh, Dick Dowsett was speaking at the conference. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, God spoke to me through his word, through Nehemiah and uh, through the worship at the conference and just kind of drew my heart to a people group that as I pursued, as we prayed, it became clear that actually that God did have a purpose and does have a purpose in my family being involved with that people group. Um, it's a Buddhist people group. So they uh, there's very, very few people know the Lord Jesus uh, and uh, work amongst them has been going on for more than 100 years, but very, very little fruit. Uh, but we've seen some amazing things happen in the last 20, 25 years. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so when you were at this conference, it became really clear. Uh, you had been hearing the word. Yeah. Uh, you had spent yeah. time worshipping and praying. For people who are listening to this and who are potentially thinking about, well, you know, what what is an unreached people? Is that something that God's laid in my life? What are some of the things you would encourage them to 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 do um, and uh, think about and bring before God as they explore what this might what this might look like for for their lives? I think it's good to to learn something of what God is doing in the world and then pray accordingly and allow Him to draw our hearts into what if a purpose He has for us. Um, not everybody is meant to go to work with an unreached people group in Southeast Asia. Uh, But as we learn about what's happening in the world and as we inquire of him, as we speak to him, as he speaks to us, uh, he uses his word. He uses godly brothers and sisters around us, our church, uh, just the context we're in to speak. I mean, he's speaking. The question is, are we listening? But if if, if we're listening and we can hear what he's saying, then we should uh, step out in obedience. I was uh, discipled by an elderly lady, who used to be a missionary. Uh, she died just last year, aged 102. Uh, she'd been a missionary in China for seven years, in Malaysia for 27 years. And then when she retired to England, she uh, was church planting in the southeast of England up until the time she lived in a retirement home. Uh, and so we were discipled by somebody who uh, saw the value of you know, the coming of God's kingdom wherever it is in the world. And I, I just really believe that know the presence of the Holy Spirit amongst the community of God's people uh, is is just like what Jesus said in in Acts one about uh, power to be a witness, whether it be local or global. Um, but He's got that purpose, 
uh, for his people to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And so as we as we uh, pray, uh, we sense that call. And with that call comes a conviction uh, for whatever we are with the Lord's and called to consecrate our natural abilities and also the spiritual gifts that he's given us uh, to be a part of whatever he wants for us. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I just love that little phrase, um, to consecrate the gifts that we've been entrusted with, and to hand them back over to allow God to use them uh, for his glory. Super. Uh, last year in the summer, um, and I'll just clarify this, when it was permitted for people to meet up outdoors in other parts <laughs> of the UK, uh, Andrew and I had the chance to go for a walk. I think it was, was it up Benahee? Um, yeah, Benahee, near Aberdeen. Um, so we went for a walk up there and we had some really great discussions during that time. Uh, and, and one of the, the discussions that we had was around about the, the subject of the, the changing church scene in Scotland. Now, Andrew, you were saying you've been uh, involved in ministry in Asia for about 25 years. So in your time of uh, being involved in ministry in Asia for 25 years, things have changed a lot in uh, the church scene in Scotland. Here's, here's a question that I often hear. Uh, go something like this. Does the church in Scotland need to send people to other parts of the world when the situation that is in front of us in our own doorstep seems quite bleak at times? How would you answer that? What would you say to that? Um, and, and what are ways that we can be engaging uh, our thinking in the most well, I think there, I think there are different motives that can drive such a question. Uh, it depends on what, where, what sort of heart that question is coming out of. Uh, sometimes that sort of question comes out of concerns about finance. Uh, you know, we don't have enough money for the ministry that we're doing here in, in Scotland. Uh, we can't even look after our building. Uh, why on earth would we be spending money on spending people, sending people to the other ends of the earth? Um, I think the, the question is, you know, what is God doing and what is he saying? One of the, one of the questions that we uh, ask ourselves in the training that we uh, give uh, cross-cultural workers that we're, we're training um, is we ask the question um, because we, we want to see the church multiply and grow and uh, establish new churches. But one of the fundamental questions that we, we ask ourselves uh, is, are we disciples worth reproducing? So uh, are we a group of people following Jesus that should be reproduced or are we, you know, shamefully not? Uh, and so that's a, a good question. And if we are close to God and to his purposes, then he will have the liberty to call us wherever he wants us. And I, I firmly believe that, that that is local and then a little bit further away, and then to the ends of the earth, because that is what the Holy Spirit does amongst the community of God's people. And so should we send people? Well, it depends on whether we're hearing his voice, whether we're working in close, walking in close proximity to him, because I think vision comes out of a relationship with God. And if we're walking closely with God, we will see God as how God wants us to see those things. And so if he has a purpose in a group of people taking the love of the word of God to other parts of the world, then great. But if we have a diffidence about the gospel, 
if we're not so sure ourselves about the relevance of the church in this day and age, if we have got a, a kind of a, a can't-do mentality, we're retreating into ourselves, then, well, perhaps we shouldn't be sending people. So, so it's the case of, in fact, we should be receiving people uh, to revitalize our church. And I would actually say we probably need a bit of both. Uh, and I would also say, you know, the way to get better, greater blessing is to give. You know, give your best. And then God will bless you where you are. And so, you know, the, the cry of God's people at the beginning of uh, Psalm 67, maybe may God be gracious to us and bless us so that his ways and his salvation may be known amongst all the peoples is kind of the, the heartbeat of, of God's blessing in the life of a church. And if the Scottish church has that intimacy uh, with the Lord, then I believe that, yes, he will call some people to go to the ends of the earth, but he will also call people to be faithful witnesses in their local communities, wherever that, in the central belt or, or the darker places or the lighter places, wherever. He has a purpose for us to go. We should, we should go and, uh, and honour the Lord and bring glory to God through that. Can I just pick up on something that, that, um, that you said? And I think that it's something that's really key um, looking at being involved in what God is doing and God's mission in the 21st century is this uh, giving and receiving. Um, and how it, it, it's, it's not simply, oh, we have this and we must therefore go to everywhere, but that we are also people who should be recipients. Um, sometimes it's hard for uh, people to, 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 to be recipients um, in, in God's mission. As, as someone who's been involved in uh, cross-cultural ministry in areas where there's maybe not been churches planted or established, seeking to build them up, what are ways you have seen uh, the, the churches in those local contexts receiving people well? Um, what are some of the things that you've seen them do? And, and, and how is it that as a church in Scotland, maybe we can learn from brothers and sisters in other parts of the world? Uh, about can, I, can, I clarify, can I clarify what you're asking, Martin? Yep. You're saying in context where the church is existing yep. and receiving people to work alongside. Yes. How have you seen that work well? How have you seen, I, I how have you seen that work well, yeah? I think that's a, a great question. And uh, I think it requires uh, grace on on both parties, those who have been sent need to have a humility. Uh, I'm, I'm working in a place where there's unreached people groups, but I'm also working alongside Christians who've been in Christ for longer than I, uh, who've been church planting for longer than I. And so for me to come and say, we're going to do it like this, or we're going to do it like that, and this is what we're meant to be doing, is a little bit rich. It's not right. So we have to have that humility and I think if we come with a humility, God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. We get that grace in order to be the people that God wants us to be in the context that he's calling us to. Uh, I have uh, given, just I just said, we work with an unreached people group. There are still people in that unreached people group that I work with who've been Christians for longer than myself, who understand the context way better than I do. And so I've got one brother who is a Shan man who calls me little brother in our relationship. Uh, and that's not putting me down. Uh, it's a term of endearment, actually. But it's, it's, a, it's a recognition uh, that needs to be there that actually I'm not the, the bigger big brother in the picture. I'm the little brother. And so therefore I need to work with my brother accordingly in an in in appropriate way. But as we do that, then there's blessings all around. 
and there are there are gifts and there are uh, things that can come through a healthy relationship that are a blessing in the local context. And I think one of the areas is is cross cultural uh, ministry because the gospel has gone. Uh, and penetrated some of the animistic tribal groups. Um, and people have come out of that who and maybe been pastors or leading groups of, of churches, but have very little experience in actually reaching out to Buddhist peoples or Muslim peoples. And so perhaps there are things that we can learn together and walk with together that enables us together to be fruitful. And I think I think God has got a thing in in calling people from different cultures to work together uh, in terms of reconciliation, in terms of uh, coming against prejudice, in in terms of just knocking the edges off of of what we are. And I think one of the things that the people bringing uh, what we have into a context, we need to be careful that we don't bring our own theological problems, uh, our own disagreements with other denominations into a context that perhaps hasn't had those problems. Um, and that's that's a, a sobering thing. But I would encourage people to really listen, seek to listen to what God might be saying and be willing to do whatever he asks, uh, because he does, he is still calling. And I would definitely say that there is a place for people to hear uh, what God might be saying in a gift uh, here in Scotland, and then go to where He is sending, and that could be that could be a wealthy place in a, a country that's got a higher standard of living than us, or it could be a poorer place. Uh, that's kind of not that relevant in some ways. Uh, it's just wherever He has for us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, I think that as we move further into the, the 21st century in Scotland, it's going to be one of these things that we need to, to learn more of is embracing, uh, receiving people from other cultures or from other parts of the UK and Europe uh, or other right. parts of the world um, to, to, to be involved in, in serving right. the other side by side with us. And I, I love the fact that you said that it's about embracing humility um, as, as believers in Scotland. Um, are we willing to be those who embrace humility? Um, to work side by side, super and uh, really, really. I mean, it takes it takes guts and humility to to say, oh, we kind of need some help. Yeah. Um, you know, the zeal for the gospel, real, real uh, understanding of the importance of of salvation and eternity and uh, consequences of not uh, following Jesus. I don't know if we're blasé to it, but uh, there are certainly parts of God's church in this world that is not that are not blasé to that, who are passionate about uh, the need to repent, the need to uh, follow the Lord. Uh, and there are things that we can give and learn and, and, and grow together in. I think one of the areas uh, that is, is weak in the context that I've, I've worked in is the understanding of grace. You know, uh, uh, really what grace is about, because I, I have worked in a context where uh, Buddhism is the major religion and Buddhism is essentially a legalism. It's you get what you put into it and you receive out of it what you know what you've invested into it. Uh, and uh, so there are people who've come out of that worldview into Christianity who still have that mindset that uh, you, you basically it's kind of works 
it's a bit like uh, I think Paul's letter to the Galatians is very apt in the context that I've worked in and people might start with grace but actually a lot of people don't but people might start with grace but don't finish with grace and it becomes works based I think that's an area that that is very needful in the context that I've worked and we obviously in this uh, in Scotland we need to understand grace but I do believe there are people who do understand grace uh, and I think that's something that we can you know share and experience together um, yeah, there's a lot of talk in discipleship about obedience-based discipleship, uh, and it's true that we were chosen for obedience. Uh, we are, we're called, and we, we we're meant to obey. Uh, but I, I believe that Jesus's model of of discipleship of his uh, disciples more, was more of a grace-based uh, discipleship model that led to obedience. And I think that's something that, in the context that I find myself in in Southeast Asia, that's very very important. Uh, because there's very many people who who kind of creep back into a works-based uh, following of the Lord that I, I think is leads to death, actually. I'm going to just change uh, change tack a little bit and bring us up for a little bit of air in the midst of, of this. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you some quick-fire questions. Um, we want your gut reaction. Um, uh, some of them are more interesting than others, but let's go for it and let's see see what you've got to say. If you're given the choice between coffee or tea, what would you choose? Coffee. Are you, I grew up drinking tea and I've changed. It's now coffee. <laughs> but I only, I only drink one cup a day. <laughs> uh, Hong Kong or Singapore? Oh, that's a, that's not. It gets me into trouble with friends if I answer that one. Um, I uh, I love both. <laughs> and they're both actually quite different. So, so, so we're just sitting on the fence in that one. Um, if you were to go away, beach or mountain? Mountain. And if you were to uh, live life in lockdown with a famous person, either living or dead, who would they be and briefly why? Well, my wife isn't listening, but if I say anybody other than her, that would be getting me into trouble as well. Uh, I, I, I am inspired by many. I am inspired by many people, uh, and um, I'm probably going to infuriate you by not answering you properly, really, uh, because I, 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 yeah, I don't want anybody to become an idol of mine, other than the, you know, I, and you don't idolize the Lord, and so um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I can be alone with Jesus, um, but. Uh, you know, I don't think I can answer your question very well. You don't think? Okay, that's fine. Not a problem. Um, let's let's move on. Um, you have lots of experience of cross-cultural ministry, Andrew. We've 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 heard that as we've been going through um, our time together. Um, one of the things that'd be super to hear um, from you about are maybe identifying three trends, uh, important trends that you can see developing within the Southeast Asian context for ministry and mission, uh, and maybe just uh, unpack some of them for us uh, so that we can learn uh, and, and, and grow in, in our understanding of, of what it means to be part of the body of Christ in the world. Okay. Uh, I would say that uh, one trend uh, is that things are not getting easier politically uh, for people who have uh, an agenda or a passion to see uh, uh, God's church grow and flourish. Uh, and so that means what we're about is not a neutral endeavor. Uh, it's not that popular. Uh, and so that is making it challenging as, as we go forward. It, it doesn't mean that we should shrink back from pursuing uh, the vision that God has given us, 
that he be glorified amongst the nations and that unreached people groups or unengaged unreached people groups uh, should perhaps go on the back burner and we we shouldn't prioritize such things. Actually, we even more need to uh, be creative and uh, prioritize those people who have never heard uh, and uh, look for ways of seeing the lost reached. Uh, And so uh, I would say that the one trend is that things are getting harder, uh, harder for cross-cultural workers to get visas, harder for uh, people to find themselves in a location where they can understand, the learn the culture and the language to a sufficient degree that they can have a meaningful engagement with people. And that just means that God's people need to be more and more creative. Uh, we need to have integrity in what we're doing. Uh, we need to do things well uh, and uh, look for ways that God can help us uh, follow his call. Um, but he's still at work. He hasn't changed, but the context has been changed. So the first trend that I would I would speak of would be just the the general political situation um, has has, particularly in the last few years. And I think part of the the, the, the global uh, pol- politic uh, has had an effect on on that. You know, and so whoever is in uh, Washington or, or uh, in different parts of the world, uh, different political leaders does have a uh, an effect on. On how things are, but at the moment things are, have been getting harder, and uh, people have been saying in in regard to, for instance, China, uh, winter is coming, and I'd say it has come, and things are hard. But even there, uh, shoots grow, and uh, things will grow and and develop and and merge. And I would say that the uh, the second trend would be uh, the rise of indigenous uh, mission movements. So God's church in different parts of the world that were previously receiving only are getting to the place where they see uh, the need to take the gospel themselves, even to the ends of the earth. And so uh, the rise of uh, indigenous or national uh, mission movements that are really uh, to be worked with in partnership uh, is is another uh, trend. And it's uh, I would I would say at that point that I think especially people from the UK, I mean, the UK used to have an empire that crumbled and dis- and I think we can be quite diffident uh, in, in saying what we have, we can share. And, and I think we don't, the, the Asian church as I know it is not looking for us to be bashful. Being, being humble is not being bashful. Uh, being humble is not being apologetic. Uh, and so uh, we do have, for instance, experience in cross-cultural mission or uh, structuring how to do member care of people who've been sent out uh, and how to receive them when they come back uh, to the home church and uh, share with their own uh, sending uh, body about what God's doing. That's with some of the indigenous mission movements that are taking place. That's one of the things that they're feeling lacking. Uh, They've been sending people out but actually people have been burning out after four or five years because they haven't been get, they haven't had the support from an organization or people around them. And then when they go back to their home sending context, they're not received well. Uh, in fact, maybe there can be some embarrassment in people coming home. Uh, and so there's a, there are things that church leaders in these indigenous mission sending contexts are looking for from bodies of people who've sent out missionaries before. So that's a, a trend. I'd say that there's a, a great growth in 
groups of churches in East Asia who are looking to send people cross-culturally. And that's something that we, we, we need to, 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 to work with. Uh, the third uh, trend, uh, I'd say, in, in East Asia is that uh, is really from, the, from the, the context of the people that I've been working with is the, the expats is we come from a broken world and we know we, we, the, the people who've come to the mission field are not finished products. Uh, and so we have a that's a trend in mission, I'd say. Uh, is that people coming from uh, broken families and uh, really difficult, challenging backgrounds. I guess that's always been there in, in some measure. Maybe it was eulogized and written around so positively you couldn't see the negatives. But my wife does a lot of mission history writing and she can see actually there were some really horrendous things happened uh, in previous generations too that was amongst the missionary community. But I think there is definitely a a, a need for us to be mindful of the context that our cross-cultural workers have come from uh, in the, the ministry that God has called us to. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's good to know that we're called to walk alongside people rather than bringing something to people. And I think you actually t- uh, touched on it at the beginning of this conversation about, you know, there's a reciprocity there's a mutual uh, aspect of going anywhere, really. We need to go as learners uh, in order to receive so that we can then give uh, is, is definitely uh, something that I think we're more aware of that now than we were uh, yeah, previously. Yeah, and, 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 and in one sense then, that's, that's actually probably quite a helpful thing. Um, that it's, there's not this concept of, oh, I, I lead X team and, and, and I am the person who's authoritarian, but I am Absolutely. the person who's been given this responsibility under God and seek to, to love you because you are disciples who are seeking to learn as well as reach out to others, but seeking to learn. And how can I best point you to Christ as you seek to point others uh, to, to Christ in that context? Um, yeah, thanks, Andrew, for identifying those three things. So just uh, sum them up. Um, things aren't getting easier. Uh, indigenous mission movements and people not being finished products. Um, that's great. Um, now, Andrew, I mentioned right at the very start of uh, our uh, time together that you've been involved in, in leadership, um, in, in, in mission, uh, and, and you were involved in, in helping to lead uh, one of the largest uh, cross-cultural teams um, in, in the organisation you're part of. And it spanned a, a very large and vast geographical area. Um, could you just speak about maybe some of the highs and lows of leadership in that context uh, and some things that you've learned through that um, and I'm sure for those who are involved in, in, in church leadership here there will be great things to, to, to learn from you uh, and so just encouragements of some of the some of the challenges that they also uh, face in, in, in leading people. Yeah I mean that's a, a big you know something to, to grapple into answering that. I think um, there are huge blessings in uh, knowing that God has called you and the people you're working with uh, and poured grace into our lives so that we can be used uh, in in this this context of seeing uh, God's kingdom come or the church grow. Uh, that is a that's a huge 
that's amazing high. I, I, I don't want people to misunderstand me in, in, in what I say here, but many years ago, uh, I remember reading Acts of the Apostles and I felt somewhat disappointed as I was reading it because what I was seeing in my own experience of life and following the Lord was not very much like what I read in the book. Uh, and that, that kind of, I, I struggled with that dissonance. And uh, But one thing I would say, uh, having having served uh, in the way in the places that we have over the last uh, 25 years is that I can see more now. I can see I can see that God hasn't changed. I can see that you know God does heal people miraculously. Uh, God does, um, um, and I don't want to uh, again. I don't want people to be stumbled by what I say. But you know, I we've seen uh, demons leave people and become right-minded and be able to serve God now. We've seen people transformed from uh, habits and sins that have held them back. And they are now, you know, leading other people. And uh, we've seen people who've not been willing to say uh, uh, that they're Christians, even to other Christians, come uh, to a place where they're actually leading multiple people to, to Christ and seeing churches planted. So there's a huge high in that. But I'd say the low is, you know, it's, it is hard working with people. I mean, God has a huge amount of patience in working with us. Uh, but, you know, it is really difficult to work with other people uh, in a harmonious and productive way. Uh, and that is, a, that has, you know, there have been things that have grieved us in that. Uh, and we're part of the problem as well. So as I'm not pointing at anybody, but that it is a, a challenging world and, and bad things happen and, and people die. And, you know, I've had close friends die of cancer and, and just really... They're some of the things that make me feel, you know, struggle the most. Uh, just the the rawness of of life, and 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 some, you know, people walking away from the faith. I mean, I've even, you know, seen missionaries come to me and say they don't believe in God anymore. Well, that is completely tragic. Uh, and so there have been some real low points uh, and uh, difficult and challenging times. But uh, I I I certainly not. Uh, cast down by those experiences, I, I would definitely, uh, you know, be of the, uh, I would, you know, praise God for what he's called us to be a part of and the privilege of, of seeing uh, God at work in our own lives, in the lives of the people around us. Uh, and in the, in the context of challenges and, and struggles, we've had family health struggles. My wife had a stroke. I've had a son who's had, uh, I've had two sons who've had illnesses and there have been real challenges at that level, but it, it's in the hard times that, you know, you can see more of the Lord actually. And so, so, you know, you can't, you, you can't strip away one without stripping away the other in a sense, they kind of match one another and uh, just point to, you know, God's work. And he is absolutely real. You know, we see the gospel say, people. Uh, we see the gospel is powerful to save and to transform and to bring life and, and joy and, and uh, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big mix, but I wouldn't have, have, I wouldn't swap it. I wouldn't have, you know, I, I have no regrets in, uh, in that. And one of the ministry areas um, that we've actually seen a lot of blessing or, or, you know, things that are maybe surprising has been the HIV context. Um, Shona, she did her PhD that was slightly uh, HIV related when she was at Leeds. Um, but we didn't go to age Asia with a mindset that we would be in working with people with HIV. Um, and uh, But we were involved in seeing a church grow 
and we saw people who were HIV positive. Uh, we saw people uh, die of AIDS. Uh, we saw how the church responded to people with HIV. And we saw something quite beautiful happen in that, uh, you know, again, this reciprocity, this idea of being a blessing. Actually, when you are a blessing, you're blessed. Uh, and the blessings glow different ways. And there was one lady who uh, we remember who, who died uh, uh, with uh, AIDS symptoms, um, and, you know, she shone with Jesus. And, you know, the witness that came about through that woman's death has led to the planting of two churches. Uh, and, you know, there, there are some amazing, amazing things that have happened out of that. So, we've, you know, one of the ministries we started was, a, was this uh, ministry called AIDS Care. We saw a ministry called AIDS Care Grow. Uh, that's just one practical example of what authentic Christian living might mean in a particular context. And there are many others that people are involved in, but that's something that we've uh, found a very effective uh, ministry because you can see effect, uh, authentic, uh, non-judgmental uh, giving of love uh, that people can see whether they're actually HIV affected or not. Uh, people, communities can see people loving the unlovely is a challenge. And then that makes it something attractive. So we've seen people who are completely not affected by the HIV context personally, drawn to Christ through seeing Christians reach out into that context. So that's that's one one example uh, of, uh, of, of seeing things happening. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Andrew, for for speaking uh, speaking to those things about leadership, about um, disciple making in cross cultural contexts. Um, I'm just going to um, uh, wrap up um, here um, for for uh, our listeners. Um, for those who are uh, Christians who are listening um, to this, Andrew, are there a couple of things they can uh, pray, particularly for, say, the Shan people um, and, and your, your, your new ministry context. There are a couple of things you can mention that they can pray for uh, once they've finished listening. Yeah, uh, just pray for the growth of the gospel and, you know, the, the kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven and that we would be faithful, remain faithful and full of his Holy Spirit. Um, we need to be about what he's about and uh, anything that's not needs to be stripped away. And uh, just that we would live ever closer to the Lord uh, and be more passionate about him, uh, that we would be you know, completely authentic in our following him. Uh, and that at the end of the day, he would get all the credit for that. He would get all the glory because he's the only one who's worthy of it. And so, yeah, I would you know, ask for, for prayer. Ask for prayer for um, uh, China and for Thailand and for uh, Myanmar and for countries like Laos and Vietnam, uh, the countries of Southeast Asia. Uh, just pray uh, that God would uh, rend the heavens and come down and that the the church uh, would grow and to wherever the church is not, it would become, you know, there are, there is an uneven spread. There are some great strong churches, but there are also some very, very dark areas that, that do not have communities that know who that they should call out to if things go, uh, you know, pear shaped in their lives, they don't have one to call out to. And unless somebody goes to them, unless locals or people from far uh, come to them, then they're, they're, they're lost forever. So no, just, you know, pray, pray as the Holy Spirit leads you to that. But thank you very much, Martin, for giving me the opportunity to share uh, this afternoon. I've appreciated it very much. Uh, thank you for what you're doing in this.
No problem, Andrew. Thank you for um, coming on and, and, and just sharing your life, uh, what God has done through your uh, your family and your life and your ministry in, in Asia. And it's been super getting a chance to chat with you. Uh, and we look forward um, to hearing how Jesus, the light of the world, uh, shines into those places where there's not yet churches to make him known. Thanks, Andrew. And uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening. Um, please do join us again um, uh, for our next episode. And uh, you never know, it might be David who's back or it might be me. Um, thanks for uh, listening and have a good rest of your day. Bye.